What is up, everybody? Welcome to our final episode here of Convincing Creative Season 2 Panda Barrett Edition. It is crazy to think we are officially done with the season. This is our final episode. Um, It went fast. I mean, it was so much fun talking to the cast, the crew, everyone involved in Panda Barrett. Um, Again, like I said at the top when we started the season, I wrote and directed the film, so obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, it was just such a special experience, especially right now during like quarantine and COVID. Um, You know, we've had to change our plans with releasing this film. Uh, We couldn't do our original like big theatrical screening run here and do that kind of normal film festival route. There's virtual film festivals, there's, you know, Zoom Q&As, there's this type of podcast, but that's the point to give you guys the chance to meet all these awesome people who, um, just really rallied around this project and cared enough to get it made. And that's super special to me. Um, and I'll always treasure like those memories as long as I live, like truly those uh, little moments as an artist. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is connecting and uh, storytelling with people who care and are passionate about it. And I can think of no one else more passionate about Panda Barrett than Camus Leonardo. He is the star of the film. He is a hip hop artist here in Durham, North Carolina. He works around the triangle, he records, and now he acts in the lead role of Panda Barrett as a fictional version of himself, Camus the character, I like to say. Um, And of course, the main plot of the film is Camus sees a Panda Bear, like literally a Panda Bear in a mascot costume, and uh, he tries to find out what it means. You know, it's sort of a representation, sure, of his uh, subconscious trying to speak to him and invoke maybe a little bit of wisdom that he's not always uh, super receptive to hear in the script, but over time it chips away. And I think there's a lot of uh, processing of grief and emotionality that, uh, you know, the character of Camus goes through and uh, Camus coming onto the show right now in a little bit, uh, he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about how that influenced his choices as an actor and uh, what it was like to act in a lead role of a feature film when it's also your first time acting. So, uh, you know, I'm biased again, but I think he did an incredible job and I'm looking forward to talking to him and kind of unpacking uh, how he went through this and what his process was to bring Camus, the character to life on screen and Panda Barrett. Um, Cause I truly think there's a very special performance here and I highly encourage all of y'all after this podcast to go and watch the full film. Friendly reminder, the film is on Amazon prime. You can go stream it. Uh, leave a review that helps us in the algorithm to get it seen. Um, you can leave a starred review, write a review, whatever you think of the film. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And obviously check us out uh, at Panda Barrett Film on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff uh, because we'd love to hear just the general reception everyone has to the film. You know, we spent months and months and months making this thing. Um, so we'd love to just hear anyone's feedback and, you know, what your take is on the film. So without any further ado, I will stop rambling again. It's been such a cool process getting to do this, you know, second season of Panda Barrett edition, convincing creatives. And I hope that y'all got something out of it because I know I did. It was really refreshing to, uh, check in with everyone over the run of the film and the kind of season that we did with it. And, uh, kind of get to pick everyone's brain about the process because I think so often process is so important. So again, without any further ado, here's the full interview I had with Camus Leonardo, star of Panda Barrett, right now. Welcome to the final episode of the Convincing Creative Season 2 Panda Barrett Edition. Today, I have Damian Elliott Bynum, also known as Camus Leonardo, on the show. He is also the star 
of Panda Barrett. Welcome, man. How you doing? Thanks, bro. I'm doing good, man. Feeling great. Uh, had my cup of coffee. Trying to yep. stay hydrated. You know, just yep. feeling great. I was going to say, it's good to see your face, man. We spent the last 30 minutes just like talking and catching up and uh, yeah. I forgot to hit record and, you know, now we're yeah. just like actually doing the podcast. <laughs> like, oh, gotcha. All right, we're back at it. Tell the people who are listening, if they don't know who you are, I'd love for them to get a little snippet of your history. So how did you get into creativity? I know you are a musician. You are very involved here in the Durham hip hop scene. You've put out several albums and now you're an actor with your debut here in Panda Barrett. You've done music videos. You've done it all, man. You've done a lot of good stuff over the years. So like, how did you get your start? Like, let's rewind back to childhood. Like, how did you get in the arts and creativity? Um, but then also later in life with your, you know, albums and music? How did that all begin? Um, so I was always a writer. Uh, second to third grade, bro, I wrote my first two books. And uh, the titles of the books or the books were A Whole Lot of Shaking Going On, which was like a spinoff of <clears throat> Space Jam. And then The Golden School, which was a spinoff on uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. So uh, you know, I always kind of had ideas and I was able to express myself as far as writing. Um, but music didn't even hit until sixth grade. Uh, so sixth grade, I had a project and we had to, we had choices to where like we could do something visual, we could write a poem, yada, yada, yada. I was like, yo, I, I never wrote a poem before. I don't know how to do this. Because I would write free verse poems, but I didn't know how to make it rhyme. Right. So I remember time I was like, mom, like, I didn't, I don't know how to do this. And then she's like, oh, don't worry, I got you. You know, my mom was like adamant on making sure I had an education, yo. But uh, so she wrote my very first poem. And I said it to the class when I had to present the project. And I lie to you not, everyone stood up and cheered. And cause like my delivery point. So then everyone was like, yo, did you write that? And I lied, bro. I was like, yeah, I wrote that. I, wrote <laughs> I lied like hell, bro. And then, um, so I just kind of had to like prove to myself, like <laughs> I can do it. And I remember, man, I went back to, uh, I went back home that day. And when mom got home from work, I was telling her, I was like, yo, everyone loved it. And then she was like, oh, well, I guess you're a rapper now, huh? So what you about to do? I was like, uh, I need help writing rap. She's like, oh, well, that's on you. You got to figure that out. You got to tell your story. I can't tell your story. And I was like, dang. So then ever since then, bro, like it was just like a, a self-discovery journey to where I just learned more about myself. And it was just, you know, going and going and failing and failing. And then, you know, eventually it stuck. Right. And then we're here. Yeah. So, but Dude, I love I love that line that you just said about like you have to tell your story because that's so that's so crucial and it reminds me even of the verse uh, the line and you're not alone history or his story and like yeah. that that blew that almost like blew my mind just now I'm like that connection I don't even know like yeah. if that was intentional but that that's cool man like I love even. that not even but yeah man so shout out to my mom love her I miss her God bless her so. Uh, she was my first ghostwriter. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, bro, like, I just, I have to, like, prove, you know, right. to myself 
okay, I could do this. But honestly, I feel like spiritually, she's still connected with me um, when I do write and then when I do create music. Um, she, it's like if I receive confirmation from her whenever I do write and make music, it's kind of like, okay, cool, I got it. So, right, totally, man. Yeah. I love that you feel that. And I love um, hearing about your creative process too. Cause when we met, um, I think you had just released, it was like a year after you released the, the 2017 album. Right. I want to say it was like yep. 2018 when we met. Yeah. And so I listened to that album. Um, cause Alex Aff was telling me about you. That's how I think I found out about some of your stuff. And then we connected on Twitter and yeah, yeah. I was like, hitting you up and I was like, we need to do a music video just so everyone knows kind of the origins of Panda Barrett. It really came from a music video that never happened because we talked about, you know, Very what true. if we did a music video? What if it was weird and trippy and surreal and it had a Panda Bear in it? And yeah. like, it was that first time we met at the coffee shop. And I remember was it was like, I don't even know what the song was. I don't even know if we had a song. I think we just kind of were like vibing off of the idea of just a weird music video. And then eventually it was just sort of like, oh, this is bigger than a music video. And I was like, <laughs> what would you think if I wrote a script? Like, what did you think when I said that? I remember like, cause acting was something you hadn't done before, but you were curious about, it, I remember. Yeah, definitely curious, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. I was just like, all right, like this guy said, <laughs> Like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. really... 100%. And then next thing you know, you were like, bam, script. And I said, oh, like, play it. Okay, I, okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I'm not even going to lie, bro. Like, I was just shocked because yeah. literally we sat in the coffee shop for like two hours. We were just we talking about life and yeah. everything. And you were able to kind of say, okay, based upon this two hour conversation, let's like compartmentalize it into a movie. Yeah. And I was oh like I was shocked. I'm not even gonna lie. I was I was I was just like, whoa, that's I was low key I don't know how to say it. Like I was just more I was humble. But I was also kind of nervous because I was like, whoa, like what does he see? And me, because I don't, I, I've never, I've never acted before. I don't know how to do this. Like, what if I fail? What if I mess up? You know what I mean? So, yeah. of course, doubts to pop in. But I think um, you, you definitely persuaded me. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, you, you sold it to me. Because at first, I was just like nervous. I was like, I don't know, bro. I can't do it. He's like, Come on, man. Do it. Come on. I, come on bro this is about you bro like you come on you're playing yourself and i was like dang you're right like okay let me do it yeah. but you definitely helped um become more comfortable in my own skin man when it came to that and um just knowing just seeing your passion within it and how much you were invested into it inspired me and i was just like okay it's only right if i come correct as well you know what i'm saying it was just right. contagious bro I had no choice but to come correct. I appreciate that, yeah. bro. No, it was um, it was wild because, like you said, you know, we we had this talk, and it really was sort of about a music video, but we didn't even know about the film at that point. We didn't really think about that much stuff. It's just more just like making a connection, getting to know each other. Um, and I remember in that conversation, we talked a little bit about Atlanta because I want to say it was around the time season two was on the air. 
And I think we talked about that. And I was like, I really like the vibe of Atlanta, but I want to do something really more, you know, just surreal and trippy. Um, But I love the vibes of the show. And I think when you said you understood the vibes of the show as well, I think I saw that there was like a shared, um, just sort of creative vision that we could work around just because we had a similar taste and that kind of stuff. And so I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then obviously like you bring stuff to the table as a musician that I don't see, but I know that you can act on. And that's kind of why I was like, okay, well, I want him, you know, character. Cause I always say character Camus versus real Camus, like character Camus has a lot of similar traits to real Camus, but you know, obviously like the, the plot line in the film is unique to the film, but you know, the film really is about dealing with grief and loss and like, you know, we talked a little bit about that and, you know, it's, it's, it's an experience that we can all channel. And you talked about yeah. being nervous um, to do the acting. And I'm, I'm, I want to ask you, like, how did you prepare? Because to me, um, it felt very natural. And, and several of the other actors in the podcast said the same thing. They said they really enjoyed acting alongside you because they felt like your eyes really sold the emotions and the vulnerability of character Camus because I think so much of that, like you said, you were able to bring from your real life and also just being very like present in the moment. And dude, that's what so much of acting is. It's like being willing to say yes, being willing to try experiment and maybe fail, maybe not. But like, um, how did you prepare for that whole role of Camus? Like you said, you know, first feature film, you're the lead, you know, how did you get into that headspace? Man, I wish I had like a cool story to be like, all right, so I had these rituals every time. <laughs> but man, honestly, bro, it was just the the I have to give a shout out to everyone that participated in the film. Like every single person. I think that's what helped shape me to bring what it is that I brought to the table. Um, each and every person played their role, man, and they brought different sides out of me. You know what I mean? And I was really, like, feeding off of them. I was feeding off of everyone. So I, I can't sit here and take the credit, bro. It's like, it was all on you guys. It was a team effort because at the end of the day, um, being the lead role and stuff, like, don't get me wrong, I am very appreciative and I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you were able to trust in me to be a lead role of your project. But at the same time, bro, I got to give it up for everyone because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been as comfortable as I was. I wouldn't have been able to learn to just be a sponge and soak up the game. But to answer your question, bro, I was just a sponge. Like I was really just being observant of everyone. I didn't come in there with the ego saying, okay, I'm the lead role. So we're going to do it my way. It was more so like, all right, guys, like, I understand I'm the lead role and I get it, but I'm feeding off of you all. So however you want to come at it, I'll be like water. You know what I'm saying? I'll flow with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. So when I kind of saw it from that perspective and I felt like it was weird because as the lead role, I low-key kind of fell back and was just like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to just everyone in each scene. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to be the person to try to get the shine and stuff coming into as this like not as a you know quote-unquote actor but just as a human that's playing a role that is like yourself um I think the reason you were able to be as successful at that role as you were is because you were allowing yourself to be vulnerable that's just my 
uh, observation from when we were making the film. Um, what, what did you like connect the dots from, you know, like hip hop and, you know, your albums that you make and stuff to acting? Were there any threads that kind of helped you or do you kind of see them almost as like different, you know, apples and oranges? Um, well, to be honest with you, bro, like how you said earlier, um, what kind of brought your attention to me was the album Dames. Yeah. And it was like my first album. Like I consider that album an audio biography right. to where I was able to be vulnerable within my music and talk about different topics and talk about losing my mother and how that affected me, how I view relationships. And I don't mean on an intimate level, but on all levels, right. you know? And um, so I low key, uh, so whenever I would perform songs from that album or even just the creative process, I had to channel that same energy that I felt in that moment. So like live performances, you know, especially with old music, a lot of artists, we have to, you know, take us, take ourselves to that place. So considering the fact that uh, the movie was kind of a reflection upon my life you know but losing my mom instead of losing my significant other obviously i was able to tap in but what i wanted to do was instead of kind of just tapping in on my life i would talk to other people around me who i've known has lost people that was close to them you know what i'm saying and i would just listen and i would peep their gestures i would just hear the tonality of their voice and even their eyes as well, just like every little intricate detail I would peep and I would just say, okay, like, I see. So honestly, what it was, was I did channel kind of the creation process I did for dames, but at the same time, I soaked in just regular everyday conversations I've had with people when it comes to losing someone and losing something. And I just felt the need to have to speak for them and not just for myself. So I was able to channel them, like just the people as well. Felt like when I was able to do that and understand that I'm not only telling my story, I'm telling our story. That's when I knew, okay, it's bigger than me. So let me, you know, like I said earlier, just be a sponge to it all and really just soak in everything. And then boom. When it's time to execute, do it. I felt that, man, in the performance and, and in your music, too, because it's like that's the, I think, no, I'm not going to say the secret sauce, but like that's sort of the thing that I feel like um, artists, like when we are able to be truly vulnerable and yeah. really, you know, no, no ego, no pretense, no looking cool, no nothing. It's just like, this is me. Um, yeah. And like in the episode with Brigetta, that's what we talked about with Rhonda was like Rhonda's character was so interesting because she is so secure in herself. That's why she is so interested in helping others, because, you know, she made a good point. That's like when you are able to do that work on yourself, you're able to do more caring for others. And, it, and mm. I was like, oh, wow, that's like very deep because that's like her whole character is trying to make yeah. sure Camus is doing it well. And, you know, even though Camus didn't really treat her the best at the beginning of the film, um right. you know she's like a big sister friend and she cares about him and like helps him out yeah. in the you know scene where y'all are in the shop and trying to get your job back and like you know we balance that comedy um but yeah. it's like you know that's what's interesting about this film um so like i guess let's let's talk about panda because we got to talk about panda it's called panda barrett so right. with the character of panda 
Um, obviously, Melissa did such a great job with the like physical comedy. You know, we got to give it up. You know, like it was hot too. You know, wearing that costume. You know, she talked all about that. Uh, and you know, <laughs> you know, we because I I felt bad. I was like, all right, could we do another take? And it was so hot, but she was always willing. She was always a trooper, and she made it happen. So like, you know, and like, what was that like? Because you and Panda's relationship in the film is like, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but like Panda is a representation of a lot of how you feel in different moments in the film and only you view Panda. So like Panda can be annoying you while other characters are trying to talk to you on screen. Panda can just be observing. Like, how did you take Panda's presence into account when you were acting? Cause a lot of times Panda was like in the background. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, personally, I think Melissa's really good at instinct. Mm-hmm. And I was really like feeding off of her because I just feel as if it's hard to really act when you have a whole full on costume. You can't really see anything. Like, yeah, you couldn't gone. see her eyes. Yeah, or anything. Yeah. yeah. So I I personally would have to say, like, it was just nonverbal communication, bro. It was just the fact of kind of following the outline that you all gave us and just working as a team. And also, I got to give it up for the chemistry as well, because we were able to feed off of each other and, you know, create a bond to where we were just like, all right, like, we know each other enough to kind of know how to feed off of each other. So let's utilize that into the movie. Well, you know, of course, when mask was off and we was like talking about how we were going to do the scene, I had to fall back to where it was just like, all right, like, however you come, I'm coming with you. Right. That was literally like, I just was feeding off of her because first of all, shout out to her for even doing that because that's, that's dedication, bro. She did not have, you know what I'm saying? But then also, like, she's, I think it was just, bro, I'm telling it was just the chemistry on set. Like, it, yeah. it just, it was, a, it was just certain energy that carried throughout the whole film. And it was just contagious for everyone, bro. And when I look back at it, it's just like, I don't know how that worked. I, right. I can't even put it in words, bro. It was just like an energy. It was just, it was spiritual, bro. It was just like, we were all connected because we all wanted to work toward this this goal right she did such a good job obviously um but also it's like another level of dedication because you know she's she's not speaking so obviously panda has lines but like they're edited in text in the film so like y'all knew which what would be edited in in the text but then you still have to react to it and like Mm y'all still managed to do that you know even without the like you know, face-to-face interaction because, you know, she has the mask. I mean, she's in a literal mascot panda bear costume. So it's just like, you know, and her presence is very loud on screen, even though she's not always, you know, screaming. And, you know, a lot of times she's just like sitting in the background judging Camus or, you know, laughing at him or, you know, kind of just being his uh, conscious a lot of times and just kind of operating that way. And I think you get some interesting performances uh, in, you know, Panda Bear at the film from obviously Panda, but also the way that you ignore Panda sometimes because Panda might be saying, Hey, you need to do this. And you're like, 
what? I'm not even going to hear that. I'm just going to do the opposite thing. And like, I think that's representative of like, you know, what a lot of people do when they don't want to deal with something is they ignore it, you know? Um, And that's, that's a major theme in the film. Um, So another thing I want to talk about is the song that the original song that you wrote for the film, you're not alone. And that Mm -hmm. film or that song in the film, I think is obviously like in the storyline representative of Camus finally getting through grief in a way like you're never through it, but being able to continue life and continue doing music, which is the thing he loves, which kind of got put on pause uh, when he lost his significant other in the film. The song I made the song, you're not alone. Yeah. So you're not was the confidence to create dames right. because not alone was like the test run to see if like okay did i evolve did i grow from my situation because when i lost my mom back in 2016 i was just kind of in this white space to where i just did not know what to do how to react because i didn't i never really had the chance to grieve because i had to be strong for literally everyone around me so um <clears throat> and then at that time, I didn't want to feel anything either. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be yeah. numb. Then, you know, after, in due time, I was able to just say, okay, like, obviously there's stuff going with you. And um, I wanted to use a song to where it was like, okay, how can I tell my story and update people what I've been through and how I evolved, but at the same time, speak to the people and let them know like, hey, I feel you. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just saying, like, here's what helped for me. It may help you, it may not, but it's just a perspective. You know what I'm right. saying? But um, I think it definitely helped me become more vulnerable within my music because it was definitely the stepping stone to do so. So, yeah, it definitely yeah. helped me where I was at that time when I was writing the song to when we were filming and yeah. just kind of off of the song throughout the film. So I was able to kind of, and then even uh, changing the lyrics around, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it just, it fit. It yeah. fit. Like, even like, oh, it doesn't sound like the same. It, it still sounds the same as the original. It's just yeah. the fact able to um, put the movie's characters into it. And yeah. still, you, lyrics is the last song. So Dude, it, I all, lo- it all. I loved, I loved how that happened. And I remember like, I knew you were going to tweak a few things because you sent me kind of the like demo and you're like, what do you think? And, you know, kind of wrote some stuff around that into the script. But then it was that day we were at Bull City Sound recording. um, It was day two of production and you opened your notebook. And that's where I saw the thing where you were like talking about the characters in the movie. And I was like, whoa, this is like I knew you were going to do that. But like, I didn't know to the extent you were going to do it. And it, it just came together so perfectly. Like, you know I, I really i really appreciated that and i appreciated the song finding its way into the movie and vice versa and just them kind of coexisting together um yeah. in this creative space because like you know if, if y'all haven't heard the song definitely definitely go listen and you can hear it in the movie too but like i think it's it, it speaks on a lot of things and a lot of themes with grief and like i i do think uh you know like we mentioned before we started recording like Right now, it's a weird time in the world. And I think there is a lot of grieving, um, you know, with, I mean, COVID and all that stuff, but I mean, many other things too. And I just think like, there's a universality to grief because no matter who you are, 
uh, it's something you're going to experience, but everyone will go through it slightly differently. You know, some people get to feel more than others. Like you said, some people have to take charge of the situation and they don't get to really express and feel the full uh, capacity of it. Um, and that's something that, you know, people deal with in different ways, man. And I appreciated, uh, your perspective and you being able to put that into, uh, not only the film as an actor, but just into the broader world, you know, the performance, the music, even this conversation, like, I think it all truly matters out there because people, can't deal with stuff until they start talking about it and exactly you know i think there's a lot of people out there who could you know take a little sliver away from what we're talking about um and have it you know help them out in some way man so yeah dude i don't know where i'm going but it's just yeah that's just how i feel bro that's real man it's just literally a stream of consciousness like it is it's those moments to where you don't even realize how much you hold in until you actually talk about it and i feel like for it's so easy to walk around wearing our mask and just say, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Wouldn't that, you know, that where it's like the mask of the smiley face. And then the guy behind is like, oh. yes, yes. That's us. So like, <laughs> conversation, bro. But I, I love stuff like this because a, um, it creates dialogue, but B I feel like it's healing. It is healing for us as people to be able to create our own spaces to where we can feel safe and secure. Right. And not only in a physical sense, but emotional, mental, spiritual. And um, I think that's important, man. And I feel like it's just, it's time for us to heal, bro, as people. And um, I, I have learned that that's my role here. But what I also learned was I had to heal myself before I try to heal anybody else. And I think um, when you do that work on yourself, it kind of just shows. And like people are saying, oh, wow, okay, I see how that worked for him. Let me figure out what works for me. That's why whenever I do create, bro, I don't always tell people what to do or how to think and anything like that. It's just, like I said earlier, it's just a perspective. Yeah. That's it. Like, Hey, check it out. You don't have to don't do, as I say, like really watch my actions. Don't, don't, don't listen to my words. Like just speak to actions. <clears throat> and I think that's very important. Actions speak way louder than words. I mean, sure, bro, for sure. So that's why like, Every single day, bro, I just try to put in the work to continue to heal and to understand, like, it's, it's bigger than me, man. Like, it's, it's way bigger than me. And I feel like that's why Panda Bear was able to work out perfect because everyone just left their egos at the door. And we were saying, oh, everyone played their role, literally. And the fact that we all had an understanding that this is bigger than us and you know, it may be somebody who's going through it and they watch this movie and they say, wow, like, you literally told my story. You know what I'm saying? There could be somebody out there who really lost a significant other and who's trying to figure it out. And although it's not like a movie that has the answers, right. it's just like you can get through it. You get stronger. But it's up to you. If 
Yes. And I think that's what, that's what you just said that really clicks is like, um, the answer is not always the definitive thing because like you said, Panda Barrett, it's not, you know, the guide to grief. It's not the, you know, end all be all. Like I think the the whole point of Panda Barrett is working through grief and feeling it and allowing yourself to understand what you're going through. Cause I think that's the thing people assume, well, I'm going through it. So I understand it. But a lot of times you, like you said, you have to do that work. You have to unpack it. You have to look at it. You have to put it on the pedestal and like, just think for a minute, you know, like, and it's hard. It's not, it's not something people want to do. Um, but it's, it's sometimes very necessary, uh, to be able to move forward. And also like, I think what you said about us coming together to make the film, um, even past the general theme of grief, I think this film could only have really happened, uh, the way we made it, you know, a really small budget, passionate people, um, all just coming together to do it in North Carolina. Like this is not New York or Los Angeles. I mean, this is Durham. This is Raleigh. This is Lake Waccamaw. I mean, this is like just places in North Carolina where, you know, films are not really thought of, but yes, it's homegrown and we're showing, um, our own cities and our own state, what we've got, but also, presenting it to the world because you know i think if you take someone from across the country like what do you think of north carolina they may have a very generalized viewpoint and we're showing them like we have this we have that we have all these different characters that could not be more different all in this one place and going through it like in different ways because i think each character um I, i think you know there's a way you can look at this film where the characters teach Camus, but I also think Camus teaches the characters too. And that's what I really enjoyed about it was like, it's not that kind of stereotypical story where the main character learns ever. I mean, the you know main character does learn stuff, but I think everyone benefits from the interaction. And I think right now in a world, you know, where we're doing this on zoom and like everyone's kind of disconnected because of, you know, trying to be safe because we care about everyone. Like, I think that's what the world craves is like genuine connection, you know? No, for sure, bro. And like you literally, man, just the fact that we were all able to learn from each other. um, That's what happened outside of even filming when we were all were together, you know what I'm saying? Everyone was open to listen to each other's suggestions and advice and, you know what I mean? It was it was just beautiful, man. And it showed in the film, bro. And I just think, like you said, we took the initiative to say, okay, let's do it ourselves. We don't have to wait on anybody from Hollywood. We don't have to sit around. And um, uh, even, even the movie, bro, like what I really like about it is a lot of movies when it comes to like music that deals with artists, yeah. it's always, oh, well, you know, I went through my struggles, then I found a savior like a record producer or a label yeah. to help me patient and ah, oh, either you know i'll climax and then fall down and then you know reach the climax again or i just reach the top and i made it you know what i'm saying but i think um what i appreciate what i appreciate about this movie was it's more so focused on the process instead of the destination exactly and I feel- we a lot of times we forget, which COVID kind of helped us appreciate the process because we had the time to do so. A lot of times we were easy. It's so easy to distract ourselves and have the destination in our minds and be like, okay, this is where I want to be, so I'm going to get there. But we actually had the time to just 
fall back and say, wow, like, I appreciate everything around me. Just waking up, um, the people around us, uh, just anything, like even nature outside, the sun, just every every little thing, bro, we were able to have time to just say thanks. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, that's what I think that theme you mentioned about like, because I've made, you know, like Son of Clowns, my first movie, it is about an actor. It's about an artist. And I think, you know, there is that tendency where people are like, oh, anything about the industry, entertainment, music, Hollywood, acting, theater, you know, it's that entourage thing where it's like, it's about being famous. It's about making money. It's about the glamorization of all these process. Um, But no one really does talk about that. Like every day, I call it like the, the working class artist, you know, the people who are just hustling, maybe they have other jobs. I mean, maybe they're doing other things, but they're still making stuff year after year. That is so much more interesting to me because nobody talks about that. Like, that's what I'm so curious about. And like, with Panda Barrett, that's one of the reasons I knew you were right for the role, man, was because you put out more than one album. Um, you've put out songs, you put out mixtapes, you put out, you know, collabs with other artists. Um, what I see is like a lot of people uh, in film, you know, music as well, any creative medium, we, we put out that first project and then we're like, all right, who's, who's coming to rescue me now? Like, Where's that industry, you know, that A&R rep, that producer, that uh, Steven Spielberg's production company is going to come pick me up. Like people kind of get complacent once they do that first thing. And then a lot of people like kind of fall off, like they don't do the next thing. And like, I appreciate seeing an artist who's like a few years into it, indie, unsigned, hustling, doing their thing, continuously making work at, at their pace in their way and like there's no dictation like they don't have to drop something every six months maybe they take a gap because they need that mental health break but they're still like dedicated to their craft and so like that that's something i appreciate that is the way i work here in north carolina with my movies and i definitely see you doing the same thing with music man um but but i think that's crucial and so it's it's cool you pointed that out because like i think i just assume people do that but not everyone (laughs) wants to do that because it's it's easy to like you said wait for hollywood or someone to give you that green light um but you know who knows if that's coming we live in an age that's like instant gratification too yep like people even just going viral is so easy you know what i'm saying so like people will like make one video or you know and just sit there and think like wow like i'm famous now when in actuality it's like a three-day cycle it dude (laughs) or even the news you know what i'm saying like it's a three-day cycle you have your uh what is it uh 72 hours of fame not even 15 you have your 70 and then it's really up to the person to where it's like okay out of that small gap to where every is all this engagement and all these people are tuned in what am i going to do with their attention Am I just going to thrive off of this one video or am I going to like fill them in some more? You know what I'm saying? And um, that's why I appreciate uh, the adjustment we had to do when it came to promoting the movie because we had to learn like do the regular route. We have to take a couple detours, but we're still going to reach to where we need to go. But it's just a matter of marketing to where we spread. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the anticipation and um, the appreciation of the project 
as well would be immensive because it's just like, okay, cool. Like we got to grasp all the characters and see who they are. And even the director, like you'll feel more of a connection yeah. and it's, you'll feel like, you know, these people. And I feel right. like that's the part about it. Like we're showing people the process you know what I'm saying? We're not just so focused on the destination, like literally we were saying. But I really just feel like the way we carry ourselves, bro, is presented through our art. So everything that we're saying is literally happening, whether that's promotion of the movie, um, uh, working on our own separate projects when we all work together, uh, working through our marriages, kids, whatever it is, bro. It's just like it is shown through our lives on how we carry ourselves so i just think like people will appreciate it a lot more when the movie comes out because i still get people asking me every day like yo when is it coming out when is it coming out when is it coming out it coming out? yeah i'm like same <laughs> gotta wait like it's coming i promise yep. but yep. i'm just at that you know you didn't react and um fold under pressure due to seeing like okay damn i probably need to release it now because it's the best time and but yeah. the fact that you understand like okay let me wait let me figure this out let me come up with a better plan and i like like i told you i got your back you know you got my support so however you want to do this i'm here and i just think people will appreciate it a lot more and it was just kind of I feel like instead of the movie, not only the movie that people will follow, but people will follow the actors, the directors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people yeah. will follow everything, not just the movie. So I feel yeah. like connection, even if uh, you release, like, when you release these uh, podcasts, yeah, just a thing from an actor from the movie could connect someone and say, oh, let me watch this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's Things like that. Saying about the drip marketing, bro. Yeah, that's the drip marketing. That's the point of this whole, you know, this is the last episode, but we've had a chance to meet so many of the people through this like season of convincing creatives with the panda bear flavor of just getting able to say like, here are the people who made this film possible, you know, big roles, small roles. It was all crucial. There's no such thing as a, you know, there are no small roles. Everyone had a part to play for the journey of not only the story of character camus of all of us but also like the way this film gets in the world like someone who tunes yeah. into that one person's podcast like you said they may be like oh wow i wasn't even aware of this right now but now i'm gonna go check this out and like it's that drip marketing of you know i'm not beyonce i can't just drop something out of nowhere you know <laughs> i <laughs> wish i could but <laughs> if only <laughs> if only <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it's like, but you know, that's what we're doing. We're doing it here in North Carolina. We're making it happen despite the naysayers, despite the people who's like, well, that's too hard. There's no industry here. There's no this, there's no right. that, you know, right. it takes a village, but you can also build the village. You know, it may go slow, but uh, I think it's better to go slow and get there than not go at all, you know? And that's everything right now is like trying to find the way to release this film in the world. Um, and, you know, like you said, we, we took a back road we, we detoured a little bit, you know, it's not the way we originally planned. Cause like, if you, like you said, if you came to set when we were filming and you told us this is what 2020 was going to be like, I would have laughed in your face. Like, you know, like I wouldn't have believed it. Episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I think your character in this film, man, that you did so well is just the projection of the empathy um, and yeah. being vulnerable. So I think people can definitely take something from that, man.
hundred percent. Um, well, dude, to land the plane, so to speak, uh, this has been such a dope podcast. I could talk forever, but my final question I've had for everyone on the show for this season is what is your favorite on set memory? It could be something silly. It could be something serious. Um, it could even just be like a generalization of everything put together. Like what was your favorite memory of Panda and what will you take forward kind of moving into, you know, music, acting, anything? Uh, a couple pop. Okay. I would have to say the, the first two that popped in my head was uh, <laughs> when uh, Eric and I was sitting in the back porch and um, I had to pretend or did I, <laughs> can, can I say, okay, I had to pretend we were like drinking whiskey. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I think when, like, I spit it out and stuff and you were like, wait, wait, do that again. You made that noise. You were like, <laughs> it was so funny, dude. Right. And I had to like like get in character with that. Yep. But also another one was when um him threw the apple at me. Oh yeah. Like it was a it was a genuine reaction to where I was like, yo, you grandma, you just threw an apple at me, bro. Like, yeah. What bro? And then, um, oh, I see, it's just, I can't. It all can't, comes, it all comes to you, man. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. So many memories. Uh, even down to like when the uh, back part of uh, Melissa, the costume <laughs> part, we were like, it ripped and it kept falling. Yeah. And, bro, we had to like tape and like make it work and just, man, it was, yeah. It's just so many memories, even the down struggle. to, yeah. But like the the fact that we still work through it, like you would have yeah. never thought movie, like all the little stuff that happened behind the scenes, man. But it it was just so many memories, bro. But like each person in the film, I had a special memory with, and um, I just appreciate it. But what I can, what I take from the film, man, is just just work through it um not to sound cliche but if we can do it you guys can do it too and that's just being honest like it's so easy to get caught up and that saying comparison is the thief of joy is so real like if you have an idea whatever it is whatever path you choose just work on it it's not going to be perfect right away and I would be nervous if it was perfect because then I feel like there's no room to grow because at that point, yeah. I'm just declining. And just don't give up, you know, like, I, I, I promise y'all, like, I used to think that was so cliche and I was just like, yo, shut up, you, shut up, stop. But that is so real. Do not give up because what you started on years ago, you may not even see results until 10 years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bro, I've been rapping since, like, middle school. You know what I'm saying? And I've had these dreams and all this stuff, but I'm literally now starting to see the fruition of the time invested. You know what I mean? And, of course, I could easily be like, yo, I'm about to be 30. Like, 
my window is running out. But then I did research on people who didn't, you know, get the recognition and they just, they got until they were like older, you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> just really keep it going. Like we be patient with yourself. Don't, don't get so caught on the potential of yourself because it's easy to get carried away with that. Knowing where we can be fine. And, you know, don't let your current circumstances take control. Don't believe just because of where you're at right now, this is where you're going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, understand that this is a part of the process. Like, appreciate the process. Understand that, okay, boom, while I'm in this moment now, this, this is only temporary. You feel what I'm saying? So we have more control than we think. And going back to the film it helped me show me that like, wow, I could have easily let fear and doubt take control of this is my first time acting. I'm acting with actors who's been doing this, like who's really like about it. You know what I'm saying? And I could have easily let that intimidate me, but I went in there and I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn. I want to learn. And I had to really be honest with self and say, yo, I might mess up. Some, sometimes I might mess up. Like, there's been plenty of times to where I had to do the scene again and again and again. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of stuff. So it's just the mere fact of it's okay to mess up. Boom. You mess up. Worst thing has happened. Part of What's life, next? man. But that's the thing. It's you know, like the present tense will always become the past tense and that mess up will become something you learn from. And it's very yeah. oftentimes like the best thing in a weird way that can happen because it may set you on a path to do something bigger and better later. Uh, it may exactly. set you on a path to focus on yourself and be like, Oh wow. Why did I mess up on that? Oh, it's because I didn't do blah, 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 blah. And then you, you know, you focus on it and you work through it. Um, yeah. But then, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's so much about being open to things, man. Um, it is. And, and I, I really think the whole point of Panda, the whole point of, um, you know, the song with like, you're not alone and all this is being receptive to people and being receptive to um, help and being vulnerable, all those things together. I think that makes a soup. And I think that's like what this whole thing is about is like, uh, you know, no matter what people are going through the situation, yes, it's always going to be slightly different, but when you're able to have a, a family, around you whether that's yeah. actual family whether that's chosen family whether that's just people yeah. that come into your life for a brief period of time and then go i mean you know it could be any of those things or a combination but like that's so much of the point of the film and i think uh, again the character of our silly panda bear in a panda bear mascot costume that is the the part of ourselves that is sometimes screaming at us but quietly you know, screaming yeah. at us quietly to pay attention. You know, how do you ignore a panda bear mascot costume? But so many times it's, it's we don't do that. So yeah. I think a lot of this is, is being open to that and saying, okay, let me take a look, look at the metaphorical panda bear in my life and see what happens. So that's, that's beautiful. That, oh, that, one that's more my two cents. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to like um, short and sweet, of course, but toxic masculinity. Um, yeah. I feel we have to understand as men, it is okay to talk about your emotions. It is okay to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable doesn't make you weak. It makes you stronger. 
And we have to stop believing in societal norms, believing that if we don't show emotion or if we don't react, da, 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 we're men. We're men. No, bro, because you're going to bottle that up and it's going to be bottled up and it's just you're going to explode at some point. And not only are you going to hurt yourself, but you may hurt other people in the process as well. Yep. So, and I feel like uh, Panda Bear helps with that as well. So, yeah, sure. that whole conversation between you and the farmer, man, like that's so much yeah. of that is like just yeah. two two guys literally going through it, being completely yeah. vulnerable with one another, and and two people you also wouldn't expect um, just because of the setup of the. I mean, and that's what I love to do with characters is like take two people who you know you were like okay i could maybe see what would happen you kind of Mm -hmm. anticipate the interaction and then just flip it on its head and say yeah this is what happens which is dope yeah and like this is what happens maybe when men are more uh outgoing about what they're going through you know maybe maybe this could be more normal you know you don't know until we like you said until we open the open the um, door a little bit on that kind of stuff because I, I think it's crucial because it helps us become better men, more honest men. And honestly, also just being yeah. able to say, okay, I'm not going to bottle this up and then have it come out at someone who doesn't deserve it. You know, I don't want to take it out on other people. You need to you know, look at yourself first. So that way, like you said, you can show up and uh, you said it earlier in the, in the episode too, just being able to do that work on yourself before you can really, go through it for someone else. You know, I think that's so crucial. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's very key out here. That's what I've learned during this COVID stuff too, man. Just, yeah, it's okay. It is. <laughs> we can talk about things y'all a hundred percent. It is possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Um, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for uh, doing this and obviously being in Panda Barrett. Uh, this is the last episode. So y'all, if you just are tuning in, listen to everyone else's stuff. Um, and you know, obviously go watch Panda Barrett. It's on Amazon Prime. Stream it, leave us a review, let us know. Follow on at Panda Barrett Film on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Like, we want to keep the conversation going. So, like, if you watched it, let us know how you felt. Um, we, yeah. we love that. Uh, dude, where can people also keep up with you? Because I know you're dropping new stuff, you just put out a dope music video. Um, I know you've got more stuff on the horizon, both acting and non-acting, musically, Definitely. everything. Definitely, man. Um, you guys can follow me on my social media platforms. It's all the same. It's at Camus the Leader, at K-A-M-U-S-T-H-E-L-E-A-D-R. Um, you can hit me up at 919. No, I'm just playing. But, <laughs> Rep the area no, code, like, Just the area code, just to let them know, you know, home run. Nah, but uh, you guys could just uh, stay updated with that. Definitely um, got more projects coming up. Uh, I'm really excited to just see what happens. Um, oh, also, if you guys want to, you know, cop some uh, merchandise, dope art makes everyone smile.com. Got some mugs, coasters, posters, shirts, socks, things of that nature. You know, it's pretty cool. Check us out. And um, yeah, man, that's that's it. Everything's gonna perfect. Dope art that makes everyone smile, man. 
That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Dude, thank you again for doing this. And thank you to all y'all who've been listening on this whole season of Convincing Creatives. Uh, Definitely check us out. We've got plenty of other episodes. Stay tuned for more stuff. Uh, Hit up Panda Barrett, like I said, on Amazon. And also check out other works at rocksetproductions.com. Y'all be safe out there and we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.